Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Wendy Sellers, DHR lady. I have JC and Nicole Griffin with me. Hi, Wendy. Hi, Wendy. <laughs> Hi again. So as you have been listening, you know that we're talking about best HR practices for fast growth companies uh, in the United States. And we've talked about a lot from onboarding to compensation and benefits and data. And what I wanted to talk about a little bit before we end our day is uh, policies and that complicated policies are completely useless. What do you think, Nicole? <laughs> Absolutely. If you have a complicated policy and you know your leadership and management team, they're not going to adhere to that complicated policy, that could get you into some hot water. So I, I had a client who they, I think they've recognized that we can't have this complicated absenteeism policy because our leadership team is not going to keep track of all of those occurrences. Maybe a large hospital or a call center has leaders who are capable of doing that. But if you don't have the support and, and the leadership team who's going to keep track of, of these initiatives, then that's where you get into hot water. Because when you go to terminate that employee over that policy, well, it's not consistently administered throughout your company. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you have to have policies that make sense for your culture, your values, and your organization. As the both of you are talking, I'm instantly recalling back to an employer at a very special time who put limits on bathroom breaks. That was ridiculous. That's a bad look, right? <laughs> Yeah. Bad smell too. Oh man! No. <laughs> yeah, it's it's super important to be realistic, especially now. I mean, you know, the, the crunch on talent is is so difficult right now. And the other thing that I wanted to say, especially for these small companies that are listening, and you're like, well, complicated policies, Wendy. We don't have any. <laughs> like, okay, we need policies, but we need them to be realistic. We need them to be Related to your industry, of course, we need not only them to comply with every law, but don't copy and paste from another company. I can tell usually when a client calls me, a new client, and I'm like, where'd you get this from? They're like, I don't know. I'm like, yeah, I know. The other company's name is still in that policy. <laughs> not only that, is it may be illegal if you didn't get their permission. <laughs> or next thing you know, you crack the book open and you find out that you're shutting down self-expression. You're actually starting to limit how many pictures an employee might have at their office desk or cubicle. That could start to get a little weird in a way. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I actually have had clients uh, who, who mentioned that uh, their employees were decorating their cubicles and offices, and they did have one valid concern that it was starting to cause some safety uh, issues because if they had something that could set on fire, uh, <laughs> that, or, or you couldn't get out through the hallway that, that could cause problems, but that's true. You don't want to limit 
them too much on their uh, creativity and their cubicle and their office space. So how often should you review your uh, handbooks or, or your policy guides? Uh, let, let's let's delve into that employee handbook. Should you be looking at this uh, quarterly, biannually, annually? How frequently should we be delving into uh, going over these areas like workplace conduct or, or media contact or confidentiality? Go ahead, Nicole. Yeah, I'd say it's it could be anywhere from six months to a year. Uh, we've seen a lot of changes, especially during COVID and more recently with different laws being passed. So I would say at minimum once a year uh, could potentially be six months uh, just to, to make sure that you have all of the applicable uh, federal, state and local laws uh, in your handbooks or in your policies. Yeah. And I think it also depends. And I know everybody hates when I say that. It depends. I need more information. But that's you know what we do in HR because we need more information and we need more data, right? Like, how fast are you growing? Did you were you a small and simple company for five years and there wasn't a heck of a lot of change and you're all working in one location together, physically present? Then you probably don't have a lot of changes unless a law changed in your in your zip code, right? Excellent so, point. you know, and then all of a sudden, and this is what I think has happened to quite a few companies that both Nicole and I have worked with, is it was, you know, slow and steady wins the race. Oh, here comes a worldwide pandemic. Boom! We have just exploded as a company and we probably need to change things. And then maybe we had a merger and acquisition or... Maybe we didn't have a merger and acquisition. Maybe another company um, closed, somebody retired, whatever, but we got all their employees. And now I'm going from a po- you know a policy of dealing with 25 employees to 55 or 100, which a whole bunch of different laws qualify for. Yeah, absolutely. And that brings up an excellent point. Nicole, I want to throw this at you. So you have a merger acquisition. You, you've acquired and obtained all these employees and all this magical stuff happens overnight. And now the next day, the employees show up and now there's triple the size. However, three quarters of them can't understand what the policy means. They read the handbook and they don't understand it. What do you do? Yeah, that's a great question. That's why I like to get buy-in from all levels of, of uh, leadership, management, employee level when I'm uh, writing an employee handbook before we re- release that to the company because they might see things in your handbook that maybe even as an HR professional, you're looking at this and you're thinking it makes sense. But once you emerge and you have an acquisition, uh, this this doesn't make sense now that we have even more employees who are part of our organization. So yeah, like when Wendy said, you know, things change uh, when you merge and acquire new companies. It, as you grow, you might have uh, new laws that you have to adhere to. And yeah, you want to make sure that the mission and the values are clear and that those policies support that culture I, that you're building. I'd like to specifically ask you as well, and, and Wendy, please, you too here, when you have a situation where companies are merging and now you're going from being a non-union organization to a bargaining unit to a unionized shop, what are some things that we might have to consider when we take a look at our handbook? Well, I would say, first of all, get a person involved that has expertise in the union environment. You know, like yes. I don't, 
I, I know yeah. enough to say, uh, I need help. I need a lawyer. I need a union expert involved here. Um, and so, you know, the biggest thing I would say of anybody listening today is there is no way in the world you, me, Nicole, JC, anybody could be an expert or anything. And so it's important for us to be a community and say, hang on, I know Nicole knows this information or I know my friend David knows this information. Let me call and get some advice. And um, the next thing I want to say, I was going to bring this up anyways, is, you know, as you continue to grow, your HR department has to continue to grow. But that doesn't mean you need to physically hire another 40 hour or, uh, you know, full time employee. You can hire an expert over here that's only going to help you with the union question or, you know, an HR consultant over here that's only going to help you with maybe the legal compliance. And so that's the way of the world now is to be hiring experts on an as needed basis, but you just need to make sure they know your industry, your states, and then above all your culture. So yeah, that, absolutely. Nicole, there was a company in New York City that had a very unfortunate and problematic policy at one point in time. It actually forbid personnel to have romantic relationships because oftentimes, quote, people choose the other person over the employer and companies lose good talent, and those employees are gone as a result, end quote. How do we tackle something like that in the workplace? Should it be forbidden? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it needs to be forbidden. Uh, some of the companies I've worked with over the years have uh, definitely had younger populations or, or different populations of employees. Uh, I think just perhaps having some parameters in place because it can get a little complicated if that employee is reporting into uh, a manager who they're in a relationship with. So maybe just having some some basic boundaries about if that type of situation occurs, how we'd like to handle that within the company. Uh, I think though telling employees that they're not going to have uh, romantic relationships is is unrealistic because employees spend a lot of time at work and with each other, and and at times that's that's where they might meet uh, right. meet someone significant in their life. So. I completely agree with you. Um, I, you know, no matter what size company, but definitely in a smaller company, you know, you're you're spending a lot of time together uh, with just a handful of employees, probably, and you obviously have something in common. You're working at the same uh, the same company that I'm assuming because you're still there. You like the vision. You like the mission. You like the values. You like the culture. And so you already have something there. If you're engaged, that's even great, you know, because you're like, oh, we're all happy here. We like what we're doing. And so you, you relationships, whether they're friendships or romantic, come out of it. So uh, I would be, I as an, a consultant would not, um, would not ever suggest forbidding it. Just if they're a manager or they're being promoted to a manager, then we need to shift roles of you or the other person and possibly even have something signed that says, yes, we're in this, you know, voluntarily, this isn't going to be a sexual harassment situation, um, but life happens and we should be happy for them while setting parameters. What would you envision as a good policy management system, not just looking over that handbook on a regular basis, but overall, what are some of the checks and balances to possibly make sure that we avoid any negligence 
throughout the course of the weeks, the days, and the years? I'm going to take this one. I think the biggest thing is training managers. It really is. It's not so much about the policy. It's about training managers on what you can and cannot do per law, and then what you should or should not do based on our company culture and policies. And then taking that the next step of training employees on what our expectations are. So it's all about training, which guess what comes down to communication. Yeah. Yeah. And recognizing as a manager when I need to get HR involved. Uh, so have, empowering managers and leaders to have a, an understanding of the, the different laws, but also recognizing when you need to bring in uh, an HR uh, team member or a consultant like Wendy or myself to really help uh, help you understand what the law is. I've, I've had clients where I walked in and they were about to terminate uh, an employee and that employee actually was covered under ADA. So uh, oh. if they, they had terminated that employee in a, a very uh, difficult legal situation, potentially. So, uh, yeah, recognizing when to bring in an expert if, if you're not familiar with the laws. Well, Nicole, you are definitely an expert. I, I know that many people would love to reach out to to bring in to help out with a lot of these issues. What are some of the best ways people could find you? Yeah, thanks for asking. Uh, the best way to reach me is either on LinkedIn or they can also reach out to me on my website, which is hrorlando.com. Thank you so much. Wendy, back to you. Thanks for coming, Nicole. This was awesome. I love working with you and hearing you know, information from other HR consultants, sometimes just to ease my mind that I'm not going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're, we're all in this together. Thanks, everybody, for attending. And JC, have a good night. Take care, everybody. Thank you for joining Thanks, the HR Empowerment Podcast, brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.